0: This is Chattanooga Civics. I'm Nathan Byrd. Cities of all sizes use tax incentives to draw business and promote growth. Helen Burns Sharp founded Accountability for Taxpayer Money to better track and analyze the use of tax incentives in Chattanooga to ensure that these packages are balanced and effective. In this episode, we discuss the most common types of tax incentives and how they are used in Chattanooga. This episode is sponsored by Wiseman Music. Does your neighbor's dog howl when your piano is played? When your piano was last tuned, could you still ride the Chattanooga Choo Choo? Then give Wiseman Music a call at 850-450-7867 to get that piano tuned and ready to play. That's 850-450-7867. Keep calm and play on in tune with Wiseman Music. I'd also like to thank my Patreon supporters, especially the Marks family and Stephen Culp.
1: My name is Helen Burns Sharp, and I'm with the organization called Accountability for Taxpayer Money, or ATM. I grew up in Chattanooga, and undergraduate school, I went to uh, Southern Methodist University and UT Knoxville. And then uh, after that, I went to graduate school at the University of Texas at Austin, Hook'em Horns. And in my professional career, uh, I, I worked for state government, county government, and city government in Southeast Tennessee and in Cobb County in the Atlanta metro area in Georgia. And then for the city of Albany, Oregon, which is where I spent the last 18 years of my career. Um, Basically, in each of those uh, stints over the course of my career, I was involved in land use planning, urban planning and zoning and all. But particularly in Oregon, I was also involved pretty much in economic development and downtown redevelopment. And I guess I will have to say or I want to say that Oregon is sort of a master class. It was a master class for me in not only land use planning, but citizen participation and open government. So it has really informed a lot of what I have tried to do in in Chattanooga. I'm trying to because I, I did learn some different ways of doing things in Mm -hmm. term, And so I'm trying, you know, and sometimes i uh, tell you a quote by former mayor, Ron Littlefield, whom I've known forever because we both worked for the Tennessee state planning office back in the early seventies. And Ron was telling somebody who's introducing me to somebody said, you might've heard about Helen, but she's really not, not that bad. She's basically a good person, but then she went to Oregon. (laughs) (laughs) And that that somehow changed her, but, you know, he he smiled when he said it. So anyway, uh, and then after I retired in Oregon, I moved back to Chattanooga. And actually, while Chattanooga was home and I liked Chattanooga, Uh, probably if Chattanooga had been the Chattanooga that I left so many years ago, I might not have moved back here, particularly given that I loved Oregon so much. But wow, has Chattanooga changed? And so I came back and I'm very glad that I did. I hope I'm able to contribute just a little bit. I live live downtown. I'm a widow. Uh, My late husband was a Georgia Tech renaissance man who was a chairman of the Marion County, Tennessee Planning Commission. I met him in Big Jasper, Tennessee, where I spent um, several years in Marion County, and I think in some ways that was one of the most challenging and fulfilling parts of my entire career. Cobb County looks real good on the resume, you know, fastest growing county in the country at the time or whatever, but I mean, you know, when when you're a generalist in an area that doesn't have any professional staff and you're trying to kind of do it all, uh, it it is really a challenge and and it it does give you satisfaction to think that you've made things a little better in Mm -hmm. places such as that.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned uh, kind of the growth in Chattanooga that, that we've seen over the past several decades and something that comes up and it's coming up more and more frequently these days is... You know, you open the Chattanooga Times Free Press or the Chattanoogan or whatever news organization you follow here in town, and you'll see that such and such corporation has received some kind of tax break for for their development, whether it's a building renovation or a new building. And, you know, it usually has some price tag associated with it of however many million dollars. And so I really want to talk to you. You're kind of the local expert at this and in the form these tax breaks take kind of the nuts and bolts of of these different development agreements and how they affect the taxpayers and how they affect the companies that are are receiving them. Uh, and, And so correct me if I'm wrong on any of this, but it seems to me that most of these agreements either fall under pilots or TIFs. So I was hoping you could, we'll start with pilots, just explain what is a pilot, how does it work? And, uh, you know, what is the mechanism by which these, these companies are receiving that tax break?
1: Sure. Let me first, if I could, tell you a little bit about my organization, ATM, sure. Accountability for Taxpayer Money. I need to introduce ATM here. Um, when, when I came back, to Chattanooga, I didn't. I was thought I would try to become a normal person. A lot of my friends that know me said that was probably not likely that that was ever going to happen. But that, that was my goal, and I was going to do things that people did when they retired. I didn't know what those were. I thought it was <laughs> you took lots of naps and you clip coupons or something like that. But I was going to figure it out. But I had no agenda to become an activist or a watchdog or anything else. And it just happened to see. In the newspaper, that Chattanooga in 2012 had just approved its first tax increment financing project. And so I thought, oh, well, that's interesting. Uh, I think I'll follow this because I, I had worked on TIFs, and TIF can be a very good economic development tool. I was not anti TIF at all. And I thought, well, I'll just kind of follow this in Chattanooga. And then when I followed it, you know, I think in part based on my Oregon experience, I, I just had some questions and uh, this was Chattanooga's first tip. So, I mean, everything's kind of a learning experience, but it just seemed like that that there were there was more Due diligence that needed to be done, uh, maybe on that first project, and so I just decided uh, to kind of uh, get involved in in that and sort of monitoring that. And there were a, a fair number of friends, and and you know people that I met who also felt like that this was an important topic and that they wanted to be involved. And so ATM is kind of a loosely knit group or whatever, but, you know, we would exchange emails. And a lot of times, you know, other people in addition to me would go to public meetings and sometimes speak at public meetings or whatever. And let me tell you first talking about both tests and pilots collectively that why Why I think that that they're they're important. I mean that that it's important that we do them right. And one has to do with what I'm going to call social justice, and that is um, the money that we don't collect due to tax incentives is money that could go towards affordable housing and infrastructure and police and fire and you know basic city services or whatever, workforce development or whatever. And so like last year alone, due to TIFs and pilots, the city and the county, this is a combined number for the city and the county, but we did not collect $25 million because of these two incentives. Now I will say a lot of that is Volkswagen. I mean that's clearly the biggest one, but there there are a number there are a number of others and these these add up. So anyway, that's kind of a you know kind of a to to the average person, that's kind of you know a big chunk of change. And you can think about areas in city government and county government where that probably could be put to good use. So there's that aspect of it. And then the other reason I think this is an important issue is some people uh, see sort of a uh, kind of a tax equity or a fairness aspect to it. And they basically raise the question about why is government picking winners and losers? Why are they sort of subsidizing some businesses and not others or whatever? So that's kind of the two things that, that that you know, kind of got me interested in this topic. And one of the most uh, satisfying things about it is because of these two reasons that I just gave, it, it, this issue seems to resonate across the political spectrum. I can remember one time, uh, you know, six or seven years ago in one week, I was asked to speak at the meeting of the Chattanooga uh, Tea Party, which is a little bit right of center. And that same week I spoke to the unity group, a kind of a civil rights social justice group that might be perceived as a little bit left of center. And they both said, yeah, we need to to get a better handle on these tax incentives or whatever. So Mm -hmm. anyway, uh, so that's sort of the reason that, 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 that ATM, you know, sort of got into this. And I think I can, not speaking for everyone at ATM, but that I think we all know how important jobs are and jobs are important, not only to the economy, but to the quality of life in the town. So this is in no way, you know, an anti-business, anti-growth kind of organization at all. But I think, you know, ideally we believe that that what we'd like to see is Good companies locating or expanding in Chattanooga, paying really good wages, making a sizable investment and paying their fair share of property taxes. So we think if they're not going to pay their fair share and they're going to get some sort of subsidy that there there need to be good reasons for that. And now is I think you've started to ask about. What's a pilot and what's a TIF? Do you want to go into that now?
0: Yeah, so I just want to uh, point out something that you mentioned that very broadly for for both of these pilots and TIFs, this is tax money that is not being collected. Correct. This is not a a check that is written from the government to a corporation. It is a tax that would have otherwise been due that is not collected. Is that correct?
1: Well, it's even a little more complicated than this. Both, uh, So uh, TIF stands for uh, tax increment financing, and we'll talk about that more in a minute, and pilot is payment in lieu of taxes. They're both tax incentives, but a pilot is a tax abatement meaning that if you're a company and, and let's pick on Volkswagen, because I won't say something good about them later, but we'll pick on them for a minute since that's our biggest pilot. So what that means is that because of this pilot agreement, Other than for schools, and I say other than, that's a hugely important thing that we do right in Chattanooga. We do collect all uh, school property taxes, whether a company gets a TIF or a pilot. So that's good. So we're talking about the non-school portion. But when we give a pilot, that means that we don't collect some, or in the case of Volkswagen, all of their general fund property taxes that would normally be due. So uh the, the the Volkswagen thing is a little bit atypical in that a it's it's so big and B they got I, I, I was quoted one time as saying that that, that I thought we needed to give uh, a a pilot to Volkswagen and I do and maybe we'll get to that in, in, in a little later but that I think we gave them the sun the moon and the stars when maybe the sun and the moon might have might have worked <laughs> because we basically uh, let it. Lasts for thirty years, and unlike more recent things where we have a declining schedule, where maybe you don't pay any of your uh, non uh, uh, your general fund property taxes in the first year or two or whatever. In the case of Volkswagen, they don't pay any for thirty years, so you know that's that's a huge incentive or whatever. But but anyway, so the point is. That's an abatement. They just don't pay their property taxes other than for schools, okay? And so that's, that's like a, a gift. I mean, it isn't that we write them a check for that amount of money, but, but the money that we would collect ordinarily, we don't collect. A TIF is different in that the people, uh, the property owners in a TIF district they all pay property taxes just like you and I and other businesses pay property taxes to the city and the county. What's different there is any new property taxes in the TIF district. That, that create what's called an increment, it's called tax increment financing. The new portion gets set aside, kind of diverted, and rather than going to the general fund departments of the city and county or whatever, it goes back into that particular project area to do typically infrastructure improvements. So, so it is not an abatement but it is an incentive, and, and it does result in money not going to the general funds for what they normally, you know, would, would be used uh, for. I, I probably confused you and everybody else with this. I, one of these yeah. years I'm going to learn how to say this in plain English. But it, these these things are complicated.
0: So I'll try and sum it up, and you can tell me if I've got this right. So, pilots' payment in lieu of taxes. A company comes in, and the government says you do not have to pay some certain percentage of these property taxes for X number of years. That's correct. Whatever the agreement changes, I'm sure from agreement to agreement. So then a TIF, tax increment financing, you come in and you say, this is a a million dollar piece of property and we're paying $10,000 in property taxes and we're going to do enough work on this property that it's going to be worth $2 million next year. And that extra new ten thousand dollars you've got the old ten thousand dollars of taxes that you're paying now you would be paying twenty thousand but that difference is set aside to be pumped back into that project and improving that infrastructure. I have that right.
1: That's that's a great great summary of it. I think I think I think you got it.
0: Awesome. So uh, I guess let's start with a broad question of why give any of these tax abatements or increment financing? Why why use pilots and TIFs in general or any other kind of tax program, tax incentive?
1: That's a very good question. And I think we should be, and by the way, let me say, and I hope I say several times that we're getting better at this that some of the things that that I could talk about that got me started in this, you know, we're not doing that anymore. But to me, I I think probably I am, uh, I'm not a huge fan of pilots at the same time. I agree that pilots need to be in our toolbox. And I think when we particularly want to be able to use a pilot is if a project is a, a game changer. And most of the, Companies we've given pilots to are not necessarily game changers. I mean, those are, you know, few and far between. So clearly Volkswagen was a game changer. Okay. Secondly, we need to be convinced that they meet what's called the but for test, meaning but for the incentive, they wouldn't locate here or expand here. And that's a hard thing to prove, but we need to drill down and and you know and and really see if we believe that test is met. In the case of Volkswagen, we know that lots of places wanted Volkswagen. Almost every city and county these days has incentives in their toolbox. Huntsville, Alabama had a lot of the same attributes that we did, and they very much wanted Volkswagen. So that was a case where, you know, it, it wasn't, I don't think, worth the risk of, do we want to take a hard line and say, oh, you're coming to Chattanooga because we're, you know, we're the, you know, we're Gig City, and we're the, the best place there is, which of course we are, because we couldn't risk losing them. And so in that sense, I mean, that's an unusual situation where something is that important and that, you know, we feel that there is definitely competition and that we could lose them. I think what what has happened in the past is a lot of companies hire site development consultants and they come in and they meet with the chamber and they meet with the city people and they basically say, well, my company wants to locate here, but... We've got to have a tax incentive or we're going to go to Tupelo or Mexico or Greenville or wherever. And that's just sort of the way the game is played. And, it, and if we don't, you know, kind of drill down and, 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 you know, we can't necessarily take that at face value, because I think it is the case that a lot of times when they come to see us, they've already made their decision. The tax break is really the cake is baked and the tax break is the icing on the cake. Uh, There's a a national nonprofit known as Good Jobs First. Check out goodjobsfirst.org. And what they say, and they've looked at IRS records and all like that, and they, they make the point that most of a business's expense is on, you know, salaries and benefits and marketing and transportation, et cetera, et cetera. That city property taxes are maybe 2% if that, I mean, this is not a huge amount of money for the company. Whereas you think about us, you know, in the local government level, and we rely on property taxes for about 60% of our budgets. So, you know, so that, you know, I think, so that's, I think that's one of the reasons that you know, we, we do need to, to be really careful. I mean, like I say, on pilots, I'm into game changers and, and I'm into definitely the butt four test and another thing that we have sort of been playing with our hands tied behind our back for years and including still, but we're doing better is that we're one of the few places certainly in Tennessee or maybe in the country that gives pilots and we don't have any written policies So that is something I think is about to change. Uh, But, you know, we we have needed written policies to sort of guide us. Uh, The the chamber sort of, we outsource our our pilot program to the Chamber of Commerce. And I don't fault the chamber for this because the chamber kind of works for us. And if the city and the county aren't going to tell them, what the policies are that they want them to apply, and I think the chamber certainly they do look at things, and they they do look at but for a number of jobs, amount of investment, and all like that. But I think you know we have we need sort of a dose of professionalism in in our pilot uh, program, and 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 I think we're we're getting there. And, and, and so so you're right. I mean, I think part of why we need to give pilots is, I think in rare, I think we need to be strategic. And I would like to see, the, you know, fewer pilots. Uh, but I think because of the, you know, here again, going back to Volkswagen, if there's something we really, really want that's a game changer, we need we need to have that tool if we think there's a good chance we might lose now. Uh, TIFFs, I think, are a little different. I'm, I'm more kindly predisposed towards TIFFs. But on the other hand, I think, you know, TIFFs too. I mean, TIFFs typically, the classic TIFF is in a blighted area. A classic TIFF is a, is a catalyst for something happening in an area that really needs kind of a shot in the arm for it to realize its potential. So, you know, I'm not a big fan of TIFs for green fields and gentrifying sites and things like that, but uh, there are some instances. In fact, there's a TIF application on the excuse me, on the table right now for a, a company that wants to build some Class A spec industrial space out near the, the old DuPont plant. And apparently Chattanooga is way behind our competition in, term, in terms of having this kind of a resource available or whatever. So here you've got an area that clearly could use a shot in the arm if you've driven by the old DuPont place lately on North Access Road. And this looks like this is something that could sort of change the dynamic in, in that neighborhood. So like with, with pilots, you know, I think it is, it, I mean, it, it's a tool we need to have uh, the, the problem with TIFFs is I think could become that we need to be careful because right now we have three TIFFs already on the books and then there's this one that may happen uh, on North Access Road or whatever and then there's some talk about the foundry site. Uh, where there might be a baseball stadium. And we'll I'll probably talk about that a little, little bit later. And then, uh, you know, there's the Bend site. Uh, I don't know that they're going to ask for a TIF, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. And, and I kind of hope they don't, because I think that's an example of a Greenfield site that I'm not sure it meets the Butch 4 test. But anyway, so, you know, if, if we don't watch it, then, you know, we can, these the, the TIFs, our TIFs, In our policies, it says the maximum is 15 years, but under certain circumstances, they can be extended to 20. Well, all of ours are 20, the, the three that we have and the one that we're considering. So I'm not quite sure what the special circumstances are that mean they need to be 20. But that means we've got a lot of property that For 20 years is not going to be, you know, going to be paying money that's going towards the general fund right now because of the of the pandemic and the cares funds and all like that. We've got money that we're not going to always have. So, you know, so but we need that, that money is not going to last for 20 years. And so we need to be we need to be careful, you know, we, we need to, to get the money that we can. So, in other words, I don't think TIF should be automatic. And I, I don't I don't you know, and I don't think that's the position of the city or the chamber now either. But they they do, I think, you know, achieve more of a public purpose unless we're talking about one of those game changer pilots.
0: And I'll just for transparency's sake, uh, I am involved in the Bend project. That's one of my projects in my day job at Reagan Smith. So I just want to be transparent there. Um, just what is kind of then the difference? We've talked about the, the reasons to, to use these tax incentives more broadly, but what's the reason to use a pilot versus a TIFF? Is it just that level of scale? to say this is a complete abatement versus this is a kind of partial?
1: Well, I, I think it's, it's sort of the, you know, a, a pilot really goes to a, a particular company, whereas a TIF, if you will, certainly goes to an applicant that is proposing a project, but it sort of benefits an area or, let's say, a neighborhood. Uh, so I, I I think you know that's kind of one of, one of the differences that 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 I see that you know one is very specific and in a in a, a pilot it you know it just it just means the company doesn't pay a portion of uh you know their their taxes Where, whereas on a a TIF they they continue to pay the taxes and I sort of lost between the thought there Nathan but. Uh, it's, it's, just, it's just kind of a very different concept that uh, uh, TIFs, TIFs kind of go to an area. Oh, I know my point. The, the, the pilot goes to the company and so say they don't have to pay taxes. TIFs go for public infrastructure. Okay, so that's another kind of fundamental difference. And arguably, we all benefit in the in the long term by there being good public infrastructure throughout town. So I think that's another kind of distinction between the two. Also, I wanna, and I'm not saying this because of what, what you said, but I think the Bend project, and I have no idea about, you know, whether they're gonna request a TIF, but that project could and may and might be linked with the west side, which, uh, you know, I don't think the bend itself is blighted, but the west side is, and I don't know if there's any discussion of trying to marry those two somehow if there were to be a TIFF, which would, I think, make it better. So,
0: so is there any history of, of using these, um, you know, jobs is kind of the classic example, but is there any examples of using uh tax incentives to achieve other policy goals like say affordable housing or transit or anything along those lines
1: you know that that's an interesting thing uh, we and our we're we're developing uh policies for jobs pilots and trying to I think there's going to be some specifying the kind of sectors that we're interested in and the kind of sectors that we're not like we've never bef- you know we've never really been in the past. We've never done really much in the way of hospitality or retail. I mean, you can kind of see Pandora's box if we, if we got into that. So it's been for jobs. And typically, you know, in the early days, it was for, it was for manufacturing jobs. So that sort of is the, the, what the, the Industrial Development Board TIF statute and state law talks about. But there's also a pilot that can be done for housing. And that is one of the ones that probably I think that where we, we we sort of came off the rails, where we never got started on the right rail, because what we were doing, state law basically says, on a pilot for housing, that it must benefit low and moderate income. And for about 10 or 15 years, we didn't pay any attention. And even when we would, and this was, we had outsourced the program at that time, not, not to the chamber, but but to another nonprofit. And at that time, even when they acknowledged that, oh, yes, we have to benefit low and moderate income, they said they didn't have to get the income of the tenants. Well, h- how do you know if you're benefiting low and moderate income if you're not checking the income of the tenants? So fortunately, uh, we took that program back in-house in about 2016, I think, and it is, it's a better program now, and it's more attuned to affordable housing. And you know that Mayor Kelly has made a, a major commitment to affordable housing. Will, will some of that take the form of pilots? I imagine it might. And, and I have been supportive as much as I was uh, very much critical of what we were doing is we were providing pilots for market rate housing. And, and, and we were given a 10-year, you don't pay any property taxes. There was no schedule or anything on it. So, you know, uh, apartment complexes that were, you know, charging, you know, 1500 1800 a month. We were saying you don't have to pay property taxes. We have some of those right now. We don't do that anymore. Uh, but what, what we are doing is, is saying that you have to have a higher percentage. And oh, what I was going to say is that, that as a critical as I was of our doing pilots, housing pilots, for what I thought were market rate projects, I've always been supportive of doing them for, for projects that involve low income housing tax credits. Which get to a lower level. The way we define low and moderate income in Chattanooga for our pilot program is eighty percent of median. But we can still, under the program, charge the the developers can charge over thousand dollars a month in rent. So is that really affordable? Uh, you know, don't know. Uh, don't I don't personally think so, but. If you, if you do low income housing tax credits, uh, the, there's a, a role for the state in that. And the way Tennessee structures those, the tax credits themselves are taxed, which I've been told by people that believe in affordable housing and want to be uh, strategic with pilots, that it makes sense uh, in the case. And we have several of those uh, that... For example, uh, some of these projects in the west side uh, have low income housing tax credits, and a and a pilot uh, patent towers uh, has a ha- has a pilot or whatever. So, uh, it, but to answer your question, I mean, I don't know other than for uh, housing authorities also under state law, and I'm not that familiar with that. But there's some things you know they can also apply for a pilot, and in fact, I believe they were the applicant for the what we used to call the J.C. Towers there on the west side, that's a, that's a long-term pilot or whatever that involves low-income housing tax credits for the housing authority is the, is the applicant. So, you know, I don't know of other things. You, you mentioned transit or whatever. Uh, you know, I, I would wonder if maybe in a TIF, uh, could something related to transit be included as infrastructure? like a, 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 I don't want to say, a, you know, a transit stop or whatever type thing, something that, you know, I, I can see possibly, but, but I'm not certain. I mean, things are pretty clearly spelled out in state law, what you can and can't spend money for in a TIF. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, so transit, you know, one, one thing is clear, you don't spend TIF funds for operational costs of any form of government, mm-hmm. or pilots, obviously, but the pilots go to the companies.
0: Um, So what happens if one of these companies gets a pilot either for affordable housing or for jobs and it turns out, you know, two, three years later down the road, uh, not as many jobs were created as originally promised or the affordable housing goals are not being met and enforced and it's actually being run as market rate housing or, or something along those lines? What happens then? Well, you're
1: talking about how, uh, you know, what we need to do better and we are doing better is putting good clawback language in the agreements that explain what happens when a company doesn't employ the number of people or doesn't make the investment they said or doesn't pay the wages they said they were going to do. Same thing with the housing. If they can't demonstrate that at least 20 percent of the people that they rented to are low and moderate income. That said, you know, we have we have had the pilot program since about 1985 and we've probably granted eh, 75 or hundred pilots and we've clawed back once. And that was Alstom when they just picked up and, well, they just closed. Okay. So we got a little bit of a, (laughs) you know, a a little bit of a, of a callback there, whatever, but it's not been, uh, uh, you know, it's and, and we we've had in our in our agreements, we have some wording that kind of says the city and county may but are not required to. So that gets me to a point that I think our tax incentives in the past, they're, they're very much have been driven by the companies and their attorneys. I mean, they write the agreements, and if we don't at the local level, really look at them with our public interest glasses on uh, you know then they're gonna primarily benefit I mean they're gonna benefit the company anyway but I think we need to be you know we need to be more attentive and are becoming more attentive to making sure that if they don't do what they say that we get you know some of uh, the 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 money back or whatever so that's an area that is not perfect today, but but is much better than it used to. But is it's not something we have much experience in. And on all, all these uh, pilot projects, there was not uh, these uh, there was not the appetite. I, I, I tried really hard on, on one near me where we actually had the opportunity because what this company was doing is they were using our tax break as kind of uh As an incentive when they wanted to assign, when they wanted to sell the property. I mean, this was a a local developer who sold it to an RET in Nebraska who wanted to sell to an RET and, you know, a real estate development trust in South Carolina and this, that, and the other. And we just let, you know, so they were using our tax break in order to sell their property and make more money. And we had an opportunity on one of these where we sort of raised, ATM sort of raised the question like, well, wait a minute, this is a new deal. You have an opportunity to look at this and we're not saying go claw back what's been done in the past, but why don't we terminate this pilot? And there was no appetite for doing that. And I think that shows how in the past, how strong the applicants and their lobby is and how unwilling the city has been in the past to to really take a look at these. But that's past, and now we're in the present, and I don't think anything like that would would happen again in the current environment.
0: So I want to talk about a a specific project that's been in the news a lot. Um, There's been a lot of talk about the Lookout Stadium receiving state money, uh, and I believe they just changed state law. Maybe there's a, a name for this that I'm not familiar with, but using it sounds like a tax increment financing, but instead of being for property tax, it's for sales tax. So there's new sales tax on a property because a commercial building has been built where there was not one before. And then that sales tax gets funneled back to pay the bonds on the project. Uh, and that Chattanooga, and I guess more technically Hamilton County, was recently included in state law. They changed the population threshold so that Hamilton County could take advantage of that program. And my understanding is that was based on the the lookout stadium. Uh, They're talking about moving to the U.S. pipe site and building a new stadium there. So I'm curious if you've done much research into the Lookout Stadium project. Uh, do you know a whole lot about how these deals might be structured, and and what your just kind of gut feeling is for for how these incentives are being used? One of the
1: things I have learned is that I don't know what I think about anything until I write it down. I mean, the <laughs> process of doing this sort of data dump about TIFFs that is guaranteed to put people to sleep. I, I spend the first two pages trying to explain why people should read this when it's as complicated and as boring as it is. <laughs> and it really is. But I think I think it's important that more, pe- more people understand these and follow these. And, and in their own way, they're kind of interesting. But anyway, so until I write something Thing down. I don't I've just finished a little analysis of the of the TIF at uh, the, the the one near DuPont, the one that's on the table okay. now. And I, I had thought about, uh, you know, doing what I'm calling these little white papers I'm, uh, on the on the uh, on the foundry site where, where the baseball stadium may go. Uh, a couple of initial thoughts is that. Uh, I think back in 2012, at a city council meeting that involved the first TIF, I made the statement that, well, a TIF that might make some sense would be at the at the U.S. Pipe Wheeling Foundry site. Now, that is the kind of thing that might be your classic TIF, slum and blight, you know, could be a game changer, is going to need all the planets to align in order for it to happen, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, and I continue to think that. To me, and, and and I'm going to use a word that that my late husband used uh, from time to time. I am sort of uh, bum-fuzzled about the the stadium, and, and I mean, I was all prepared to be very supportive of 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 a tiff for that site. And it's not that I'm opposed to the stadium, but you know, you, you also probably are aware that apparently the taxpayers are going to be asked to fund a good portion of the stadium. So that's where, you know, you start looking at it and you think, okay, new interstate interchange and a property tax TIF and a sales tax TIF, and uh, the taxpayer is going to fund two thirds or whatever of the stadium or whatever. I mean, it's, it kind of makes you kind of scratch your head just a little bit. You know, I mean, I just, it's, it's complicated. One of the interesting things about that, the sales tax uh, aspect is interesting and in part, it is related to the fact that, that there is a special TIF for brownfield sites. And this is a brownfield site by because of what used to be there and stuff, but also because it, like the Bend, uh, and like some other places around town, were designated as opportunity zones. So that makes it eligible for a brownfield TIF. So I can't get straight in my head because I haven't really done my homework here on this about, okay, is this going to be a regular TIF? And a brownfield TIF. And I think it's because it's the brownfield TIF that it can have the sales tax TIF. But I think the sales tax only applies to sales tax collected within the stadium. And so then that gets my mind all confused because I typically think of a TIF as being a geographic area, let's say the rectangle or whatever. Well, the stadium is going to be one component. And and I think the the people who are advocating for this say that it could be a a catalyst. And and it it may be, it's the public funding that gets me a little bit weirded out on, on, on the stadium. But so is the, is the boundary of the sales tax TIF just the stadium? Or is it any sales tax that's collected in the entire TIF district, which will be larger than the stadium or whatever? So, you know, it is it is just really complicated. I mean, I think it's a will it's a real opportunity. I've been a Lookouts fan all my life. And so, you know, I wish them well. And I think a stadium there could work. But, uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's, it's just complicated. It just has sort of every kind of dimension in it. And I think one of the things that I think we're getting better at is transparency. I mean, I think the public can accept things better if they feel like that they've been given information in a way they can understand it. And here I say this as someone that spent way too much time on this for whatever reasons, and I can't explain it in an intelligent way, you know, but I think that, that our local governments are, and, and, you know, are going to need to make sure. In other words, maps. I mean, it would be nice to see a map of that whole area and show, okay, now where is the stadium going and who are the property owners here? And, uh, you know, what would be the proposed boundary of the of, of the TIF and, you know, answer my question. Is there a difference in the, in the, in the Brownfield TIF? And or is it just a, a TIF, but you can also do remediation with it. Maybe, maybe that's what it is or whatever, but you know, where would the sales tax TIF apply? And also some projections as to how much, you know, the cost of the TIF would be. Uh, so, uh, and at the time, this TIF legislation for, um, uh, sales tax and, and for remediation, the brownfield tip happened in 2019. I read a report by Nashville law firm that said that at that time, I don't think we had any sales tax tips in Tennessee. So maybe we do now, but in other words, this is that doesn't mean we don't go there, and that it isn't a good idea. But it's this is just new new territory, and, and tips are already complicated, and and you know this this adds another dimension. So I guess what I would encourage the you know the developers and, and their, uh, their consultants and staff and city and county government to do is just try to be as clear as possible. Uh, Because I I think sometimes that the public gets apprehensive when they think that they're sort of being left in the dark. And, you know, I think if we know, you know, what the what the facts are and, and, you know, that that we're a lot more able to make some maybe ask some good questions, but also maybe accept accept some outcomes. Um, So and and, and, and I did want to say, I think I sort of have is that when I talk about things being better. Uh, I think our last two pilots have been probably the best pilots we've ever done. That was uh, the battery producer down on the bin side and the uh, steam logistics downtown and the old John Ross building. Uh, so, So I think that is positive. And I think the fact that it does look like, that, y- y- you know, that there is work being done with a community group called Caleb alongside the city economic development staff and the chamber staff to come up with some written policies and procedures for pilots. So that is huge. So and I just wanted to, 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 to make sure that I that I had said that. But uh, I'm, I'm you know, I think this uh, this foundry site is fascinating and I suspect that. There's going to be all of a sudden we're going to see something in the paper that you know maybe they've requested a TIF or whatever. And one of the things that it's kind of good to do is to kind of get a get ahead of this a little bit. And you know I, I don't have the answers obviously, but what I've tried to do is raise some of the questions. And so you know they're the usual kind of TIFF questions. And I think I've already said that I think this site, I think, makes sense for a TIF. And you know, I think maybe maybe we look at this the, the baseball stadium funding as a, a separate aspect of this. But I think what probably the proponents of it, maybe the property owners and maybe the lookouts people are saying that it could be the catalyst that's needed to help everything happen is there. And they they may be right. So then maybe there's a separate question of how much public funding is appropriate for, for the Lookout Stadium. I mean, some would say stadiums are not really economic development from the standpoint that it's a fair number of seasonal low paying jobs that are basically moving. It's not new revenue or whatever, but on the other hand, as a game changer, as something that might cause a lot of other stuff to happen around it, uh, they can probably make a, a, you know, a good case because they want to make it into an entertainment venue and things like that. So anyway, a lot more study done. I'm just hoping that, the, you know, that the, the, the people who are promoting it will be forthcoming with a lot of information, a lot of good maps so that the public kind of knows what's being proposed and why they believe this is a good thing for the public. As I said, I, I'm, I'm there just on the, the regular old-timey TIF. You know, I think that site really warrants it. But just making it a TIF doesn't necessarily provide the catalyst. And I think some people are saying, well, this stadium could be the catalyst. So, you know, so I, I'm want to try to be open-minded about it. I think mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's an interesting project for sure.
0: So I'll provide uh, one definition real quick and then start to wrap things up. Uh, You mentioned brownfields several times. And just for our listeners, that refers to basically contaminated soils based on old industrial um, facilities, foundry sands, things of that nature. And because of the industrial history of Chattanooga, uh, we have a lot of brownfields here within the city limits, especially on the south side, south broad, that whole area because of the industrial history of of our city. Uh, So I just want to make sure all of our listeners are are up to speed on on that term, because it's probably going to come up a lot as we see more development in these areas and we might start to see some of these brownfield tiffs start to get written. Um, So I want to wrap things up and I was just wondering if you could tell us how to get involved with ATM where to read more of your work and also if there's any way people can get involved on a on a more regular basis. You know, you mentioned it's a it's a lot of different people bouncing ideas off of each other. So if you could just let people know how to get involved.
1: Sure. Uh, there is a website, atmchat, C-H-A-T-T dot com. Right now is pretty much uh, under construction in part because, you know, when I read it, it, it was, you know, I started writing it five or six years ago where I was very frustrated with housing pilots and some of the jobs pilots and everything else. And now that we're doing so much better, you know, I thought, well, I'm going to take that down and hopefully in the not too distant future, going to put some things up about all the positive changes. So anyway, so atmchat.com and it also has a form where, where you can contact me. And in addition to ATM, I would suggest to people that Uh, the last thing that I intended to do was to get involved in this is really, this isn't planning or community development in the sense that, that I was familiar with and very interested in this basically is public finance. And this is not something that, you know, I would have thought I was going to spend my encore career on, (laughs) you know, but you you surprise yourself sometimes when you run across something that you think, well, this matters and nobody else seems to be looking at it. So I think I'm going to try to look at it or whatever, but, But my advice to people is get involved in city government in some way. There's so many opportunities. And I think one of the things you're going to come away with is an appreciation of, you know, when you let's take the city council and the mayor and all the breadth and the depth of issues they have to deal with. TIF alone, TIFs are so complicated and TIFs are one of thousands of things that, that that's on their plate, you know? So, you know, I think not as critics, but as people who can get involved and learn and maybe volunteer to be on the board or show up and give some input, including, you know, when you go to a public hearing, it doesn't have to be negative comments. You can you can say positive things about what the city's doing or whatever, but there are just so many opportunities. And I think people might be surprised with how interesting some of this stuff is. So so yes, please check out atm.com if you're interested in this. And I'll get you on a mailing list and I will make sure to let you know too. I, I mentioned some of these white papers and uh, probably I will put them on the website or if not, I will let you know how you can get that if you're really interested in, in the really boring thing on tax increment financing, hot off the press almost. Uh, you know, you can you can certainly certainly do that. And 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 then hopefully there's gonna be something pretty soon about the new uh pilot policies and procedures that we hope the city council is going to adopt. So it's an exciting time. And I think, you know, the Chattanooga has just got so much potential. And I think in this area, we, we need, we need this in our toolbox, but let's be strategic and let's do things that are very well thought out uh, if we're going to give tax incentives.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time and thank you for your hard work on this uh, complicated subject.
1: Thank you, Nathan.
0: I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Chattanooga Civics. Our music was written and recorded by Kevin McLeod. If you have any questions or feedback, please send me an email at chattanoogacivics at gmail.com. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at ChatCivics, Civics, or visit the website, chattanoogacivics.com. Thanks for listening.